Hey, it's this year's best, customarily with Tyler, Kyle, and Brent. But this is a special installment. Those two champions will be back for the next chapter. For this affair, I have two different and distinct, exciting and exuberant co-drafters. It's this year's best with Lindsay, Anthony, and Brent. That's right, we are in the lab, cooking up some delicious draft picks for your premium pleasure. My first co-conspirator is my partner in crime. She hosts the Schlock and Awe podcast, which I have guested on many times. She is the ex-wife of British film director, Toby Wilkins, my sister from another Mr. Lindsay Wilkins. How you doing? Uh, hey, thank you for having me. And thank you for bringing up such a painful time in my, in my, um, my history. <laughs> yeah, no, wait, 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 stretch, stretch it out. I'm trying to look this guy up. Who is this Toby Wilkins director? Actually, I need to do this as well. Who was I married to? <laughs> I, I didn't look into it. I don't... <laughs> You. Toby Wilkins, good old Toby. <laughs> he's a real bastard, though. I, yeah. If, if yeah. he if he uh, yeah. treated Lindsay badly, then he's a real bastard. <laughs> yes, we'll just say he's a bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you, Mr. Williams, if you're Eric Wilkins, if you're actually listening, I'm sure you're a lovely person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you're not dead, or, or hopefully you're dead. One of the two. <laughs> hopefully you don't die while listening to this. No, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully we didn't cause your death. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So my second co-collaborator is a man among men. He hosts the Cult Movies podcast, which I have guested on once. And if he'll have me back beyond in the future, he is the brother of actress and director Regina King, my brother from another mother, Anthony King. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you uh, for having me on again. And uh, you said Regina, right? Yeah, your, your your sister Regina. Twin, yeah, twins, right? Twin sisters. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a weird. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, it, 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 stuff happens. We we can't really explain <laughs> things. Yeah, science is awesome. It was the early '80s, man. Anything could happen. <laughs> I have no idea how old she is, too. I don't. I don't know if that's even possible. But uh, yeah. hey, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so we are drafting the top 10 things in five categories from the year 1966, a year none of us were alive for. We will be doing facts, songs, games slash inventions, TV shows, and movies, all from the year 1966. This is a sinuous slash flexuous draft. Drafter one will get picks 10, 5, and 4. Drafter two will get picks 9, 6, and 3. And drafter three will get picks 8, 7, and 2. For the number one pick, all three of us will give our choice, and we will vote on which one will be our collective number one. For our fifth category, movies, it will be Anthony's choice. Anthony, which drafter would you like to be? Uh, I, I know in the past we switched it up, but um, I think I'm going to stick with my 963 from TV shows. Ooh, interesting. I like okay. That. I like that. Okay, good, good. Uh, okay, so Lindsay, I'll, I'll give you the next one. Which, what did you want to do? Um, I'm going to go 872. 872, very good. Mm. All right, so that leaves me with uh, 1054. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> now we have to do this, don't we? Okay. Yes. We're actually here now. <laughs> no, yes, okay. be 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 before we get into it, I, I just want to say before I had said something about um, like, you know, there's certain categories that I'm like, obviously, I 
I, Anthony King, have the one correct list. After watching so many movies from 1966, I thought it was going to be, I was going to have at least two categories, movies and songs. I think uh, I only had one category that was 100% correct, and that was songs, uh, because there's so many good movies that came out uh, in 1966. Oh, my yeah. gosh. My top 20 are all four-star movies, and the first three or four are probably five, or maybe five, are five-star movies. Yeah. It's insane like yeah so if you could give me your movies and i can create the list i'd feel a lot <laughs> but um <laughs> um just because i yeah when i don't know what you guys are picking because there are so many um ways you could go with this and yeah it's going to be fascinating to see where everyone goes at the beginning of this when we first talked about i'd only seen 11 movies from 1966 so i had a job to do and i think it and at the beginning i i hit it a little too hard i did well i still i watched 35 movies for this holy cow Whoa. so so i got and but i got to a point where i couldn't watch anymore from 66 and i kind of gave up i think it, part part of it was i don't know i think i got to war and peace which uh we could talk about that <laughs> and that and i said i was going to watch the whole thing and i just i couldn't do it but it doesn't uh, mean yeah, that's bad I, I didn't i didn't get through the whole thing either. okay good, <laughs> it's a okay. long freaking movie it's like seven or something it's seven isn't hours. Long. Yeah. i watched three hours of it so i feel pretty good about <laughs> oh. it but uh oh God. well done brent well done yes thank you and i that first episode was it had some great parts it had that i i, I mean i i don't know what, if what people are yeah. gonna pick on that but maybe we'll get yeah maybe yeah. we'll get to it so so my number 10 pick <laughs> it's probably going to be higher on yours i don't know but i want to make sure that we talk about it because i thought it was very interesting and i want to make and it's been a little bit now since I've seen it, but, and I'm not a huge fan of this director, but um, I really enjoyed this one. And I, and I, it just, it just kind of made my brain melt a little bit. Um, so my number 10 is going to be Persona. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> number 10. Okay. I, it, it's, it's my number nine. So it's even, it's not that it's just, I know I figured it probably going to be higher, but I, I think I wanted to mix it up too a little bit. I wanted to talk about it. And I I, I don't know what you guys are going to pick. There's so many good ones. Like you said, I don't know what's going to be in the 10 or whatever. But, uh, and it, had you guys seen this before? This was my first viewing. When I was watching it, I didn't think I was liking it all that much. Like I could see Bergman was doing a thing, but I kind of like his earlier earthy kind of um, more fabulistic kind of movies. And this is definitely is, oh no, I'm going to get psychoanalysis on, on your, on your ass with this movie. But then I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Um, like it just kept, it just rented a space in my head, apparently rent free because it hasn't paid for anything. And <laughs> it's, yeah, it just kind of stayed there for such a long time. There was like, yeah. So I couldn't stop thinking about what it was doing, how it was doing, the, the performances. Um, yeah, so yeah, it, it kind of went up in my esteem a little bit, just purely because I couldn't stop thinking about the damn thing. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys can, can you see? Yeah, but you're very upset, yeah. There's a, for me, that one movie is was worth the price of that. Hmm. Completely took my breath away and uh, have not, I've watched it for the first time. It was like, I, it was one of the first like three movies I watched from that set. And uh, yeah, since then, has lived in my brain it's it's an incredible movie yeah I, it's i i was the same with Lindsay. i've seen uh cries and whispers which i didn't i'm just not a huge fan of and what's the mm. one with the hour of the wolf i just didn't get it mm. i'm just not i just i some some reason i just can't click with with this director and and this mm. one i it really it 
while while I was watching it though, I didn't quite. I was like, oh, is this going to be another one of these movies where I just don't really care about mm-hmm. this? But then it started working its way into my head and just what they were, you know, the two people people trying to, you know, and I liked how and, and I was wondering with because the beginning of the movie is this little kid on you know on a, a de- on a what a plank or whatever he's just and all mm-hmm. of a sudden there's this crazy like visuals going on I'm like oh this is good and all of a sudden that just that's gone that they don't even do anything with that and it goes to these two women and she does, one of the women doesn't talk through the whole movie and just but the way that I love that because she doesn't talk and that it makes this other woman just kind of spill her beans and kind of and it it just it, it kind of that's it made me think about oh when you have no one else saying anything you just kind of start putting yourself into the who they are and and what they're what you know and then you start adopting this thing and you and you start getting she would get mad at her even for things that she didn't there's no reason for her to get mad at her for just because she was she didn't make her say anything and and it's just such a it's like well i i just love and yeah you're right it's just everything about it just it it stays with you and you you can't you know i want to hear more about it since anthony you you love it and i want to hear about what you have to say about it well i i don't uh so i love ingmar bergman uh i had before i got to set i had only seen uh the virgin spring and i loved the virgin spring and then my wife surprised me by buying this during i think a barnes and noble sale Mm. and showed up you know one one day and i was like oh my god Mm. we've we've really dug into bergman and uh there isn't a movie that i haven't loved and i've watched i don't know a dozen Bergman movies. The funny thing is that I always feel, you know, when, when somebody asks, Oh, you know, who's give me your, you know, favorite filmmakers. And I always hate saying Bergman because it makes you sound like a pretentious asshole. Uh, But I'm sorry. He's a great filmmaker. And he tells the, like, just for me, some of the most interesting stories. And uh, you know, I, I think, and the thing with Bergman, like, sure, he makes a lot of art house type of fare, uh, but he also makes really interesting, you know, he made a horror movie, Hour of the Wolf, which, you know, maybe some people don't dig, but, you know, there are just, I don't know, I, something about him, I love everything that I've seen from him. And, uh, but yeah, this one specifically, this is definitely my favorite Bergman film that I've watched and uh you know those the two women are just even one barely who barely speaks they both give just phenomenal earth-shattering performances um and it's so emotional i was completely i was just like shocked watching it the first time i saw it just sitting there like with my mouth open for some reason i was just completely completely absorbed in this relationship between these two ladies. Yeah, it's kind of almost, even though there's two um, actors in it, um, Liv Ullman and B.B. Anderson, um, it's kind of the visualization of what it's like to live inside your own head, where you're questioning yeah. everything you do, your mistakes are just circling and circling, that you are getting angry at things that you have no control over. Like, I can't remember which one's which, I want to say B.B.'s the one who's the nurse. It really just took a thing to grow me because, yeah, I think Igman Bowman is such an interesting director. I love Seventh Seal so much. I think that movie is funny and poignant and weird. And I love um, like uh, um, his other movies, his early uh, Virgin Spring is such a fairy tale, gothic fairy tale of a movie that you can't quite help falling in love with it. And then you can kind of see, oh, of course, this is what Wes Anderson took and ran with for Last House on the Left. Um, It's, 
I don't know. I think he's such an interesting actor, and I think um, Persona is such the such a psycho, um, not a psycho, um, psychological look at just the mind and him really just digging into it. Because as I said, my favorite ones are his earlier ones where it's all about the beach, it's all about the mountains, it's all about people living like they're in mid summer um, without you know even burning bears probably. Mm. And and then when you sort of get into his later ones like Cries and Whispers, it's much more about the psychology of what each character is doing you can kind of see the shift between this man who grew up in this very religious household and took this kind of these stories and this culture very seriously and then you can kind of see him lose his religion as he comes as a filmmaker because i think he identified as an agnostic even though he grew up with a reverent father and i think personas like that movie where you go boom okay now it's not about god it's about the mind and it's such a fascinating movie because of it there are i mean like i said i the ones that I've seen, I, I would recommend all of them. But uh, Brent, I don't know if you've seen Wild Strawberries. Have you seen that? No, I I have seen the. Uh, there's a there's a movie that I believe redoes like almost redoes that. Or do you know what I'm talking about? It's like uh, I can't. Yeah, but I haven't seen that one. No, and I haven't seen uh, Virgin Spring either. I don't think I don't think I'm right in in movies. Like if I if someone likes it, I'm like I just have to see it in the right right. Um, like yeah. mind frame and I, something will click in me at, at some point. I remember seeing uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey the first time and I'm going, what is mm. this garbage nonsense? I was in college. Yeah. Me too. And then, and then I'm I still Tim- not there yet. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I but know. T- I appreciate I appreciate it. I just don't. Yeah. There's a, there's me too. Weird with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I saw that 10 years later and I'm like, and it just, I was blown away by it. So the, it's just a matter of, sometimes you don't see things and I've only seen it. Like I said, I, I, see, I think cries and whispers is gorgeous. I just didn't quite get into what made it. Um, and I knew it cause I, I'd been watching uh, cause it was up for best picture in uh, for 70, uh, 71 or 72. Mm. I think the same year as the Godfather 72. Maybe. Mm. I, so I, I watched it and, and I couldn't quite get into it, but I, I do think that, and I watched hour of the wolf and again, I just, something wasn't quite there, but this one really got to me more. So I think, the next one I watch, I think is going to even boost me up. And then I can go back to those other ones later. Yes. And- well, I, I think what, so having for, for us, having this box set helps because we know, you know, I asked Bobby, okay, do you want to watch a Bergman tonight? And like, we, we prepare ourselves because we know what we're getting into now. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, you know, they're not action packed. They are rather mm-hmm. slow, but you, they tell like extremely uh, personal stories. And so we have to get in one uh, foreign film mindset, two mm-hmm. slow film mindset, three, like usually, you know, pr- pretty personal drama mindset. When we get there, like that we know we have to be there to really understand and get this film and we end up loving it yeah no I uh, avoided Bergman for years because of that reason like I didn't think I'd ever like or wasn't smart enough for Bergman or wasn't kind of that thing but when you get into his mindset and so I think I can't remember the reason why I watched Seven Seal but I watched Seven Seal and then I went oh he's kind of a goofball in some respects I mean yes he is very they are very slow paced they are very serious and personal um, and they are, you are watching a foreign movie, but then he'll just do something really kind of dopey. And you're just like, oh, oh, I, f- I found the chink of the armor. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and there's this, there, the part that I always, I don't know why I think of it, but it just blew me away that it was from 66 is the part where she explains the story where she's those two little boys, these two young boys come to her and, mm. and make love to her at the, you know, and it's very 
I'm like, well, I mean, I was not expecting that story and how um, juicy right. it was. Well, I mean, that's that's a European thing too, because yeah. uh, you know you, you could be watching these uh, movies from the '50s even, um, and like a, a lot of these kind of Scandinavian countries are even more kind of liberal in that respect, mm -hmm. and so it, it is a little jarring thinking, oh my gosh, they're like you know, whether it's nudity or whatever they're talking about, you're thinking, my gosh, this, we, we always think of this time period being such a conservative time. Mm -hmm. um, but Europe, I mean, that's a totally, that's always has been a totally different world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, before we move on, it's interesting watching what Europe was doing in terms of the movies they were making and mm -hmm. what America was making. And they are two completely different worlds. You can see America catching up with them by 68, 69, a little bit. Um, but what they were doing in 66 is phenomenal. It is was just worlds away from what I was expecting in terms of just quality shots, c composition. And then you realize, oh, it's because I'm used to this happening in early 70s movies from the States, but actually Europe was doing this like a whole five, six years earlier. Yeah. I, I will say this. Eight of my 10 are foreign films. Uh, yes, yeah, seven of my Seven, time. really? Okay, yeah. cool. Interesting. Well, I mm -hmm. think, yeah, you and I will probably line up. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Anyways, okay, should we move on to number nine here? Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, four of mine are foreign, so. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Four okay. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, so number nine. All right. I know we're going to Czechoslovakia. <sighs> um, but which one? Hmm. Oh, exactly. No. Um, okay, I'm fudge me. Okay, I, I'm gonna go with my actual number nine. I'm just crossing my fingers here. We'll see what happens. Jiri Menzel's Closely Watched Trains. Uh, I didn't get to watch this one. It was meaning okay. to. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, absolute must watch. It yes. Is, so here, here's the thing. Uh, Czech filmmakers are extremely interesting mm -hmm. and talk about goofballs like they oh my have God. real interesting, fun sense of humor. And so Closely Watched Trains, I, I watched it for the first time yesterday. Mm. And uh, because I thought it was going to be like this really heavy drama and I mm. had to, again, kind of get myself prepared for that. Mm. I was ready for it. And guess what? This isn't like, this is more of a comedy than anything It's hilarious. Else. It is yeah. super <laughs> funny. And if you're talking about the other Czech film, that one is also super funny, but uh, Closely Watched Trains is about a young uh, gentleman who uh, has joined, I don't know if he's part of the military or not, but he becomes a, uh, a like a train master, or what, what do you call, a dispatcher. He's a train yeah. dispatcher, and he yeah. goes to this little uh, uh, train station where like military trains come through, and uh, you know, he he doesn't do much like there's it's just sort of like a slice of life movie where uh he shows up uh, at this place and and the the kind of guy who's in charge of the station is obsessed with birds and yeah, so he'd he rather has, be a bird well, hanging with birds <laughs> yeah so he has two two uniforms one is his like you know nice one and then his other one is the one covered in bird shit that when the kid goes <laughs> up like this guy's like he's got birds all over him and he's talking to his birds and feeding them and uh it's like immediately that sets you off like okay this is gonna be silly yeah yeah and it, it is and then one of his co-workers another station guy is 
he's uh, super horny and like uh, yes. But the 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 whole point of the movie, the whole premise is this younger guy, this younger kid, is trying to get laid for the first time. And I mean, you know, we see that in American cinema, yeah, constantly. And so, like, you know, goofball comedies, summer camp comedies, type of thing. Uh, and this is essentially that. This is it, but just in the winter in Czechoslovakia, centered around uh, while World War II is going on. And so yeah, you Nazis, have like this, yeah. yeah, and Nazis. You have this like super heavy backdrop, uh, but then like regular life you know, this 19, maybe he's 18 or 17 year old kid just wants to get laid. So you have that kind of silly stuff happening uh, along with the war going on. And uh, it is so, so good. So good. Go ahead, Lindsay. I was just gonna say, I wish I had seen this. My disc is still coming. Um, I'm the, oh. By the sounds of it, I'm glad I blind bought it. Um, yes. No, I really look forward to this one because the other Czech movie was my number nine. Um, and I won't say too much about it, but no, you're right, that sense of humor. There's an amazing movie from 1969 that's also Czech called The Cremator, which mm. is a comedy. I, actually, no, it's a Holocaust comedy. I remember seeing it at a film festival and people were leaving. They just couldn't handle the fact that they were making jokes about burning people and mm -hmm. what was happening in Czechoslovakia and during the war. And this is, it's a really dark comedy but it's also just really funny and really great. And yeah, the 60s in Czech movie, the new, their new wave was so, just so fascinating. Really fascinating. Mm. So we've, uh, what I like about this so far is I took your persona, which was probably, was much higher on yours, obviously. And you took one of mine that was very, I had, this is one of my, this is my second favorite new watch of the, of, of this, of the 66 watch. Mm. I love this movie so much. I right. thought I couldn't believe how funny it was and how heartwarming it was and how the 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 boy looks like Todd Ho or Tom Holland from Spider Man. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he's so cute and he's just trying to. It, it's it's very dark. There's a there's a dark part in it where something really bad happens to him, but he he, he comes back from it and um and I love his his horny friend that is usually he might be a dick in the situation, but really just wants to help him out and get him laid. And there's this really cute girl that. He, he likes and and uh but he doesn't want to uh he he wants another he needs a, another kind of girl to help him out to get to that point so he can feel natural about going into that and there's this other plot where this girl comes in and this the, that horny guy was kind of messing around with her but then her her mom or whatever her brings her in and with and they want to get him so fired funny. for i mean it's just i don't want to give too, yeah we're giving too much weight but it's just so damn good um and i i i remember watching this and just being so blown away by it and and I just, I, I love the, and it's one of those movies that I can see me see watching a bunch more just because it's, 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 it's dealing with such, like you said, a serious thing, but, but just being funny with it. And that is, to me, that's, it's just genius. So, well, you don't um, get yeah. that a lot, like with these, with that subject matter, with World War II going on, mm -hmm. regular life was still going on, you know, yeah. teenage boys still wanted to get laid. <laughs> and this tells that. And the other thing is, uh, you know, having watched several Czech New Wave movies in the past couple of years, uh, Czech women are, I mean, just, I'm oh my sorry, gosh. but my goodness, they're just gorgeous. <sighs> gorgeous. Yeah, the three women in this one, the three main girl, young girls are just, I mean, they're perfect. Um, and I, I love the part where he asked the old, the, the guy's wife about it. And she's like, well, she's stroking the chicken while talking. Oh, oh my God, this is the funniest. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so good. Lindsay, yeah, you're going to love it. I, I, I cannot yeah. wait to see this. Yeah. So I'm just, 
it, like I said, much higher on my list, but that's okay. It's, it's, <laughs> okay. I want, I'm sure I wanted to talk on the about list. It. Yeah. That gives me more options to, cause there's a couple other ones. I was thinking about it. I said four, but I, I forgot that a couple of these that I think are American, they're actually not American. So I think it's like mm. seven. I think sure. I have seven yeah. that yep. are not American. So um, there's some good American ones, but they're just not as good as these. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. All right. So that oh, goes to yeah. yeah. Uh, I almost want to. It's too bad. I feel like persona. Both those movies we could talk about forever. I mean, I almost want to do a whole podcast on both of them. So I think each of these movies, um, you each could one. honestly just do a podcast on each of them. Like yeah. Yeah. You know, pick I pick, pick this number section. I'm just trying to decide if I want to go with my seven and my eight, my seven. I'm gonna change my seven to number eight. Okay, my number seven is probably a personal pick. I fell in love with this movie. I didn't expect it to. It's one of my few American movies, but I love this director and I did not expect to fall in love with a movie that you could pretty much use for a nun advertisement, but I'm going with The Trouble with Angels in 19... Well, from Ida uh, Lupino. Oh, um, I did not yeah. watch this one. Yes, oh, I was it is uh. so good. I don't know if it's because I'm a girl and I, for some reason, like the nun movie. I don't know why, but no, you, Haley Mills is a revelation in this movie. She is not the sweet, innocent. I mean, her first line in this, because it's about this boarding school that's run by nuns, Haley Mills and her friend are starting their year and they're the school trouble, troublemakers, essentially. Just, she's she's constantly smoking in this movie. She's constantly getting in trouble <laughs> for smoking. There's this one amazing scene where her and her friend are down in the basement on a Sunday smoking cigars, which I swear is just a stand-in for pot um, because they probably would be smoking pot, actually. they It's just a delight. And Rosalind Russell plays the head nun and she <laughs> is amazing. This isn't necessarily about religion or why you would become to be a nun. It's just about this mother-daughter figure that Haley Mills starts with Rosalind Russell. And they start off as antagonists because she's the stern headmistress and she's the girl who's always acting out. But you get these amazing moments of those two. And every single time she realizes Rosalind Russell's being nice, she does this, I hate you! And then Ross storms away. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it gets that mother-daughter relationship absolutely perfect, which you don't see in many films. Um, I, the only one I can think of is, say, Lady Bird. And she kind of captures what it's what that awkward stage of what it's like when you're 16 and mm -hmm. you don't know what to do and you're confused about the world, especially when um, they make a point to say her mother has passed on. She's being raised by her useless father and that's why he sent her away to sort of boarding school um but no I, this is not a kind of movie that i would usually gravitate toward and i kind of watched it on a whim i rented it and then watched it and it is it is a sublime beautiful beautiful movie oh yeah i love love ida lupino oh she's I, so good i love rosalind yeah. russell you know um what's the big thing she was not not maim but uh gypsy mm. um mm. yeah man dang it i should have watched this yeah i I have, I still, I don't know. I still have Netflix DVD. I don't know if you guys know what that is, um, but that's my one that's, it should be here tomorrow. So I just missed out on watching it. It's, I, I kept wanting to get it. It was, it kept on, it was, uh, you know, it's like I had a far, I had a, to wait a long time for it. And then finally it was about to come in. And of course, but I still, I'm going to watch it, but I, it's just too bad. I didn't get to see it before this. Cause I'm sure I would have loved it too. No, it's, it's absolutely great. It's not the kind of movie you think it's going to be because it has these God awful cartoon kind of opening credits. And just Haley Mills's first line when she's smoking on a train is basically, uh, she says the horrible word for a little person, I'm, you know, with a smoking <laughs> complex. And you're just like, this is Haley Mills? Like, I've never Damn been it. the biggest Haley Mills fan. And I'm just like, holy crap, she is such a punk in this movie. And it's absolutely great. Okay, now my next movie, I'm just, uh, do I do my number eight? 
actually you know what now i'll do my number 10 because i think that's actually sorry i'm changing my mind real time i'm doing the sword of doom the japanese Mm -hmm. um samurai movie this movie is really incredible it is kind of again like a lot of samurai movies from japan in this period it is like a western um sorry i was just trying to pull up the, the the credits to be able to actually say who's in it um it is basically essential about the samurai who is the best at what he does like he is the kind of the one who will kill you in a fight he no one can beat him and he is an absolute asshole so it kind of turns into almost this um western almost gangster movie of these two fam or these couple of families trying to bet it out of who's got the better samurai and you just go on these really unexpected kind of um twists and turns and people who's marrying and everything else it is um all to try and bring this one guy down and i love um the main performance he is he's in ron he's the main guy in that i know he pops in he's also got uh mifune in it he has a smaller role but oh my god it is just such a um magical magical movie and i'm so glad i got a chance to to watch it because it is so big so epic on the, the that scale um and yeah it's just really really great i mean one of the best final shots oh. of any movie period yes I touch touch Sua Nakade. I'm butchering that name, but he's he's an amazing actor, and yeah, he's he's such a great asshole. And the snow scene, oh my god, when they're in this, oh, it's so beautiful. It's I'm sad. I it's another one I just didn't quite get to, but uh, I wanted to see it. It was on my list to see, and I just never got mm-hmm. to it. But uh, so yeah, I'm gonna watch it soon. But that's too bad. Yeah, this yeah, is, this was this just missed my top ten. Mm. But uh, this is I I don't know if, if uh, what it's like in Australia, but Brent, if if uh, I have a subscription to the Criterion Channel, so that's where I watched a lot of these. Mm. Yep, um, I have that too. But okay, so yeah, it's uh yeah, it's a I'm not a big samurai movie mm. guy. Me but I can appreciate, you know, the, the filmmaking that goes into it. And, you know, I, I love the fight scenes, but like samurai movies are centered around something so much deeper and bigger than like just the fighting. But, you know, I'm a basic bitch when it comes to that stuff. I just want to see, you know, swords and stabbing and that kind of shit. Yes. This, I think I started liking samurai movies more once I clicked with the Western, because I can kind of, you can easily see the um, samurai, well, because Westerns mainly stole a lot of stuff. Off sure. <laughs> Um, but you can kind of see where those connective tissues are. And I think that was kind of my way in when I realized, oh, no, wait, I like Westerns. I went, oh, mm. these are samurai movies are just Westerns, but with samurais. It's true. Yeah. It's completely true. Well, that the <laughs> one of Daniel's, uh, one of the Cobweb's latest episodes when mm. he did with Nathan Jones, mm. uh, they talk about a couple uh, samurai movies, but of course they drop a bunch of other titles. And so and that was a good episode to get mm. some ideas, uh, get yeah. some titles down. This is where I got that, was from that episode, actually. Oh, cool. like, yeah, and nice. then I went, oh, I can rent it. And then it just kind of, I just got swept up in it. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's very yeah, so, good. I, I, I yeah. like it. Yeah, I want to. That's one I, I haven't listened to that episode yet because I wanted to see the movie first and I haven't got to yet. But I listened to his, uh, the one with, um, oh no, I'm losing the, oh, the Captain Blood. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, and Captain Blood is, I'm like, oh, this is one of my favorite, best movies I've ever seen. I, I loved it so much. I couldn't believe that it was the part from uh, Goonies where he goes, all right, my hearties, follow me. And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is from this. <laughs> I, can't I just, I loved it so much. I, it's one of my favorite movies I've seen this year was from that. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm excited. To, to kind of move on to those. And then I'm sure I'll get into, once I 
he's been doing great because he's getting me into these things. And once I listen, watch that movie and see those, I'm sure I'll get into more of those movies as well. So it's a definitely worm wormhole of a show because you're like going, oh, I could watch this, this, and this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we got sort of doom at number seven, and then back to you, Anthony, at number six. Okay, number six. I am. Oh, excuse me. Let's see. Have we done? This is going to be the first American movie, right? Oh, yep. Okay. No, it's a trouble with angels. No, no. Was American. Uh, trouble yeah, with angels. angels. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the second American movie. I beg your pardon. Uh, John Frankenheimer's Seconds. Yes. Uh, did you watch this, Brent? I didn't get to it. Yeah, that's another one. I watched okay. a lot of movies. I couldn't, I couldn't, watch, <laughs> yeah. all, I couldn't watch all so, of them. So many great movies in 1966. It's insane. Mm -hmm. But anyways, uh, Seconds. I watched this, um, I don't know, last year, two years ago, because it's part of uh, Danny's Cult Movies 1. So mm -hmm. I eventually will be covering it uh, on our show, on the podcast, and uh, loved it. It stars, oh, what's his name? Rock Hudson. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, who, of course, is a dreamboat, uh, and he's such a terrific actor. But mm. uh, it opens up with this older gentleman he's some sort of businessman or maybe an insurance salesman he committed some sort of fraud and so he has to fake his own death because he's going to go to jail so he fakes his own death but then gets this new identity uh with like a face transplant type of thing and he takes on this whole new identity like literally identity and like gets involved in this weird underground company and like you know lots of people have done this and uh it's um, talk about you know from 1966 this is like super transgressive uh and i think you know frankenheimer did that so much throughout his career mm. another reason i want to bring this up is that uh my friend emma westwood and uh jez Connolly mm. wrote a book a lithograph on seconds which is going to be coming out here soon probably around the time this uh episode mm comes out and uh it's it's such an interesting entertaining movie heartbreaking but you know some could say it's a it's a horror movie the way it plays um but it's it's really 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 good so good it's was a little bit higher on my list not that much higher but i don't know how frankenheimer got away with making this movie yes, um yes. i don't know how it's um, I can understand, uh, but because I was thought, oh, did he make Pit Stop only to make this movie? But apparently he'd made it and then made Pit Stop. So I don't understand how quite those those work, but it is so transgressive. Rock Hudson is amazing. I mean, he is giving this performance of a lifetime. Um, mm -hmm. As a scene when he's getting drunk at a party, um, which apparently he did actually get drunk because I was watching this going, wow, this is convincing drunk acting. <laughs> no, he was actually, he was drunk acting. Um, and it is just this amazing, you can read this movie in so different ways because it is so terrifying. It is about this, it's a midlife crisis movie. It is, you know, can you actually, it's a kind of a um, critique of the American dream. Um, it is a critique of, can you actually ever start over? Can you actually do it? That is the question. And it's got this kind of trial elements, um, Kafka's The Trial, because you never quite know what exactly this company is or why it does. There's this amazing speech near the end that kind of goes into it a little bit, but then it just kind of sums up American capitalism. You're like, yep, that's it. Right. Um, or just capitalism in general. Like, yeah, we've started this thing. We've got to keep it going. Um, and there's just so many amazing elements. I mean, the performances are great. Rog Hudson, when you finally when he finally is 
revealed as is the person he is it is oh my god this movie i i, I want to know everything about it so i cannot wait for um the lithograph to come out because yeah. it's it's gonna be it, i need to read it yeah, these three movies were th- the next three that I probably would have watched because the Netflix DVD was Seconds was the next one on the list. <laughs> so I just missed, I just couldn't quite get to them. Damn it, that's just, oh, that's very irritating. You're going to love Seconds. It, yeah, I think you're going to watch it and just go, what am I, you're, you're just like, going, I don't, it's so transgressive for, Amer- for an American movie in 1966. It feels European. I still don't know how Boldly. That he got yeah. away with it. It's, yeah. All right, yeah, I wish I could add to it, damn it, but I just get to see it. <laughs> All right, so, okay. So I have my two picks left. Uh, okay. <laughs> you got to go, it's, it's an important decision, the four and five. Yeah, I know, because I, and I don't get to anything to number one. I, and I'm going to concede that my number one's not going to be number one, but I still want to have it on there. So I'm not going to play it this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play it the next one. So my next one I'm going to pick is really my number four, but I'm going to put it at number five is Le Deuxième Souffle. Ah, yes. <laughs> Did you see it, Anthony? Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen it, yep. Yeah. Oh, I remember when I started the movie, I was like, okay, French, it's noir. I, I, I was okay with it. All of a sudden, I just started really getting into um, what was happening because, you know, a guy gets out of jail. Um, he, he, this, the first, they escape off this, out of this wall at the very beginning, and one of the guys falls to his death, and the other two get away. And then he, he, gets, uh, he, he goes and finds his, uh, his girl. I, it's been a couple of weeks now since I've seen it, but um, kind of gets back into town and they, and they want to, and somebody wants another guy needs is, is asked to get into this heist and he, he doesn't want to do it, but he says, I got a buddy that'll do it. He just got out of jail. The other guys yeah. don't trust him. And so he, so all four of them, they, they pull off this great robbery and then at, then they have to, then they have this money and they hit it and they get it they get it away scrap free, but then they have to figure out a way to what are they going to do next and how they're going to get it out of here. And, one guy goes back to a place that he probably shouldn't have, and then he gets kind of caught. And they and there's they play the the police play themselves against. They play them. They say, "Oh, this guy said this," and you you know. So they and they don't believe him, and a lot of intrigue. And it's just I I was blown away by it, and I just I loved it so much, and I love that there's no. I love that there's no American term for it. It's just called the the French term for it, Le Deuxième Souffle. I just love the name of it. Yeah, I I, I love the heck out of this movie, and I, I'm glad I got to play it here. But yeah, it's uh, this is uh, not my favorite um, Melville. I really love Les Samurai, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Les uh, Circle Rouge. Oh, I love that uh, movie. Yeah, which I really love, and I love Bob Le Flambeur. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, John Pierre Melville makes fucking amazing movies so this is like my fourth favorite melville and i still really like it uh funnily enough it didn't cut into my top 10 though okay yeah and i haven't seen any other ones from him so that's probably oh my god oh you're you're gonna have a great time um no this was about my 12 13 11 somewhere around that i can't quite see it on the screen um no, what I love about Melville is when he makes a noir, he makes a noir with capital letters. It is <laughs> so, like, I love Le, Le Dulce, which I think is the finger. Um, and you have no, like, when Brent's going through the plot, I'm like, oh, you did well, because I cannot remember the plot of this movie at all. What I remember <laughs> is images. I remember hats. I remember people being cool and smoking and drive-bys and um, people slapping each other. And it's all just kind of these Im- these noir imager- imagery that you just kind of get sucked into. And um, I love how it takes a while for you to really figure out whose side is on whose side a, a yeah. lot of the time. Mm-hmm. 
and because you don't know and he makes it purposely ambiguous and oh Brent you're gonna have such fun watching um his movies um especially like Le Samurai and especially the the Red Circle or Le Rouge um mm-hmm. thing because it is they're just so goddamn great they're just cool I, I can't I don't yeah. think of it can't think of another word to describe it it's so everything was smooth and yeah you because you, you're you're on you know the you're you're not really sure who you're supposed to be with like oh I'm I'm mm-hmm. with this guy because he got out of jail that's you're kind of following him but then the cop is he's he's a good cop and he's smart and he he kind of outthinks him at some points and then but you're also these other this other guy that you're that got him onto the um I, I don't know the names I can't remember the names of everybody but um that got him into it he's he you don't you know he, he ends up being really smooth with his and everybody's got he got two, he knows what gun he's got he's got uh, everything is just perfect yeah I just yeah I'm, I'm excited to get to his other stuff but this was this really <laughs> took me off guard and I couldn't believe how much I loved it yeah yeah it's super super fun okay <laughs> Here's where it gets interesting because <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> don't fuck this up, Brent. Well, I, I'm gonna fuck so it up well. because I <laughs> I already <laughs> know how I I from Twitter Twizz, I shouldn't have seen this and it really because I love this movie and it it really it I don't know what I when it, it hit me at a certain point where I just it, I really understood what was going on and I already know how Anthony feels about it and it, I know it's not good. So I'm going to put here that number four is going to be a man for all seasons. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So I want to I talk about this, Anthony, because, okay. So it's about uh, St. Thomas More. He is, uh, he is head of the the church of england what is it of uh he's the he's the chancery i think is the term yeah so now this one best picture in 1967 for the oscars yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. and just just putting it out there um so so it's about this man who he um I, and i know after i read about certain things you know he might not have been the greatest guy ever but it, i didn't know about this going into the movie um so what he is uh, the king comes and he wants to get a divorce. He wants to he wants to take out a new wife because this wife won't bear him any children. And if he won't bear get any children, he can't his his uh what do you call it? his heir can't be what's the term for they it? Can't can't con- have- they can't it, it you can't con- uh, continue the Tudor line essentially. It's Henry the Eighth who kept divorcing his wives because they couldn't bear him a son, so he kept making up laws. And uh, Tom and Thomas uh, Moore, I think it is. Um, was the guy who was meant to come up with these laws so he could divorce uh, Aragon to marry Anne Boleyn. Sorry, I know way too much about this character. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I and, apologize. And, then, uh, and you got uh, um, God, what's his name from um, Citizen Kane? Uh, Orson Welles. Orson, yes. Orson Welles. He plays the guy, and he dies. He's the head of, and so then Saint Thomas More takes over him. Correct for him. Correct. Yes. Yep. Yes, he does. So then, so. He wants before he dies, actually, but yeah, yeah. So then, and, and, and so he, he takes over for him, and then he will not he will not go along with this with the king. He won't he won't say he won't condemn it, but because he, he knows if he condemns it, he will be killed. So he but he won't he won't go with it. So he just says, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let it go. You know, I'm not going to if mm. if I don't say anything, they can't do anything to me. I'm going to, and but I won't, I'm not going to let this go because I'm not going to. I'm not going to be the one to. I'm. I'm going to stick with my morals. I believe in what I believe in, and if I don't, I'm not. If if I agree to this, then I'm no better than anyone else, and I'm going mm. against what I believe. So, and he sits there, and no matter what they say, no matter what they do to him, he won't talk. And they can't. Mm. They keep bringing up things to try to make, try to take him on and go look. 
why don't you just, just do it? Look, we're all, uh, and all his family says, they all go along with it. Yes, who cares? Just let him do it. He's like, no, I, this is what I believe in. If I do this, then, I, then I'm not who I am. I change everything who I am. I'm not going to be, to, to me, it just hit me that the fact that this guy did not change his beliefs, no matter what he said. And he was so smart that they couldn't figure out ways. And finally they had to have a guy lie for a lie. It was, uh, what's his name? It's um, who's the John Hurt, right? John Hurt, they, he starts off as this beggar and he's got nothing and he's got, and by the end, he's got all these chains, he's the head of stuff. And now they've been paying him and he's like, fuck, I'll, I'll lie too. I'll, I'll, to take him out, I'll say these things. And, and the only reason he gets, St. Thomas More gets killed in the end is because of this lie that this guy said. And he held his ground the entire time. And when you, and I saw that you didn't like him, I'm like, okay, I got to find out why you didn't like this movie. So that, go ahead. What, what, what didn't you like about this? Uh, I mean, finish this movie is so freaking boring. Uh, and I don't say that about almost any movie. I watch Ingmar Bergman movies and I could not get through this MF and thing. Uh, it was so boring. And I mean, even though like with the opulent costumes and everything, I that, that, that didn't save it. Um, and like okay. Orson Welles, I like, like he delivered uh i don't know if it's good but he delivered a performance a memorable performance and of course who plays uh king who plays the king robert shaw is great and yeah. like like plays one of the like he plays the most convincing character mm. uh version of that character anyways i i just i could not get into it and i tried four times four times yeah so i i mean i didn't find it boring at all so i i i, I mean yeah yeah ingmar bergman is is not boring but i mean yeah so it's like i i don't know it's one of those things it did i think the just it got to me in a way that yep. i understood it and i can see that if you didn't that's amazing it, mm. yeah that that's the best thing about movies like and i think that there's no you know i joke when i say there's a definitive list there really isn't a definitive list like movies and any sort of art affect each of us differently and i love it when somebody can connect totally with a movie uh that i like tried and couldn't so i think that's amazing so no i love the fact that you love this movie i saw it years ago and kind of had a very similar uh thing to anthony going okay fine it was one of those oscar winning movies but um the fact that you went oh no but i get this guy i get thomas more i get why he's saying it and um yeah you can't put a price on that yep and it's and it's it's a weird thing to uh you know i think that any time else i would have seen this movie i would have i think i would have felt the same as you guys i just Mm -hmm. it happened to hit me at the exact perfect time where it just I, I just, I was him. I was, I, mm. I felt him and I felt his, what he was doing. And I could see, cause he didn't, you could, you could easily, he could easily have said, okay, fine. You, whatever you're the, you can do that. That's fine. And then his life would have been fine. And that's probably the way he should have went. But, and I do like at the end, you know, he, um, and if you didn't see it uh, and you're not going to watch it, I'm assuming. So he gets his head chopped off, but then at the end, they all go back and everyone else is, he is, now uh, he's brought up today as a guy of, of what he's done because of what he did there. Right. Um, and no. everyone else is, was, was crucified for it, you know, so. No, um, uh, Henry VIII always apparently regretted executing Thomas More, like, because yeah. those two were really, really good friends. 
Um, but when he wanted to divorce um, Aragon, he was just like, you can't do that. And he's like, well, yes, I can. I'm the king. And he always yeah. kind of looked back and went, mm, maybe that was a bit too much heat in the moment. In the moment. I mean, he didn't even regret, regret executing Anne Boleyn, but he regretted executing Thomas More. So it, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating, he's a fascinating person in history. What I, what I love about uh, A Man for All Seasons is in 1966, Robert Shaw was nominated for Best Actor for an Oscar mm. against and lost against Walter Matthau for A New Leaf. And uh, yeah, supporting actor. Supporting mm. actor, right. And then- And for Fortune Cookie. Fortune Cookie, thank you, my mm. God. Hello. Uh, six years or seven years later, mm. they appeared together in- uh, the taking of Pelham one two three, and, but oh yes, they did. But yeah. the point, like Robert Shaw was, like he, he hated Walter Matthau because he lost to him, and then they end up in this movie together. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially the Battle of the Egos because those two apparently had Matthau and Shaw had monster egos, especially on set. Yeah. Um, from well, what I've read about and, Matthau, I'm like, oh, you're not as nice guys. I may have thought you've been. Oh, okay, ego. And, and, <laughs> And Matthau was a much bigger part of Fortune Cookie than uh, Shaw is of in uh, Man for All Seasons. Hmm. Yeah, so the the actor who's the actor for the main he won Best Actor for that year. Uh, the guy who played Th Saint Thomas More. Oh, he did. Uh, Paul cool. Schofield. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Paul, Paul Schofield. Um, so now this, so this would be a foreign. Is this a British movie then? This is a British movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah so this is a foreign. So I forgot that this one was one of my foreign yeah. ones that I didn't. Foreign. Yeah. yeah I've now seen every single um, Best Picture winner. The fact that this was, if I would have guessed at the beginning that this was going to be one of my top 10 of the, I would have said, no way. And so <laughs> like, yeah. the fact that it, 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 it did that for me, I, it, that's, that's why I love movies. It's just that the For fact sure. that this, this crazy thing could happen and I, I could love this movie that there's no way in a hundred years I would have thought that this would be one of my favorites and there you go. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that connection uh, is going to, so like, if you watch it again, like that's, that's a connection that will always stay there, which will probably always connect you to this movie, mm -hmm. which, which will allow you to enjoy it down yeah. the road. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that that's, that's I'm, I was wondering why you didn't like it, but if boring, I get boring. If, if you think mm -hmm. something's boring, I, I, I can understand that. But I was just wondering if you didn't agree with, with what they were doing, because I'm like, well, that's, that seems weird that, like, do you not like kneeling? Do you not like the, you know, uh, <laughs> cap? You're not, you're not a fan of that? Are you, I, did I cut, did I pick Anthony wrong here? Is he on the other side somewhere? I don't know. Anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I've said, I've said enough. <laughs> All right. So it goes back to you, Anthony, number three. Okay. Oh, brother. Okay. I think, and I talked about all these foreign movies, but I'm thinking I might play my number four at official number three uh, because I don't think it's going to be brought up again. And I'm doing it. It's uh, Mike Nichols, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf, at number Very three. Good. I knew Very you were going to play this one. This is why I did not play it. <laughs> yes, I thought so too. Yep. Okay. Uh, at number three. So this is my favorite play. Mm. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think uh, Nichols translated it so well to the screen. And you got this amazing cast with, uh, you know, Taylor and Burton, real life couple. And then mm. uh, uh, George uh, Seagal and yeah. um, 
help me who's who's uh, uh anyways somebody looked that up while i'm talking yes. but uh, they you know it sandy is like, dennis. thank you yes. sandy dennis uh one of the most if you don't know anything about this movie and you go into it you, you're gonna have a real uncomfortable time you're gonna feel like george seagal and sandy dennis right yeah um and i think that's the power of burton and taylor that's how good they were they could yeah. reach out of the screen whether it's the uh, movie screen or your television and say pay attention to us and feel weird yes and, uh, they they do that my god they're so good there mm. there's a reason why they're considered two of the greatest actors of all time mike nichols is one of my favorite directors of all time i think he can do so much um this is you know, if I did drugs, I think this would be an interesting movie to watch on drugs. Uh, <laughs> it could stress me out more than anything else. Well, uh, you know, yeah. Maybe like if you're smoking weed, you can get, mm. you know, nice and mellow. Yes. And this will bring you right back up. But it is, you know, it's such a frantic movie. If you've never seen it real quick, it's uh, uh, Richard Burton plays this kind of tenured professor, or whatever, at this university. He's married to Elizabeth Taylor. And they have been charged with entertaining uh, a new professor uh, that's coming on board, played by George Segal, who's married to Sandy Dennis. And so they go to like this dinner thing at the university. Mm. But the movie takes place at uh, Taylor and Burton's house super late at night they don't even say what time it is but it's obviously like midnight or past midnight yeah it's always like almost like the after party they've been invited back after the dinner or gala yep. whatever they had and they're like oh no we have to entertain two people like at 12 yes, when, yes. yeah yeah so freaking late mm. um and like immediately that kind of sets you as the audience off thinking this mm. is already strange and you could tell uh burton and, and taylor play uh total drunks uh, you know, kind they're of already like, about three sheets to the wind when the yeah. when the other couple turn up. Yeah, exactly. And then it, you know, it's just a night of uh, kind of Burton and Taylor going through their shit together and vocalizing like all their troubles uh, while this poor young couple sits there and witnesses uh, the unraveling of this of this older couple. And it is, man, it's a trip of a movie. It's something. Uh, that will always, always live with me. I read the play before I saw the movie and I was a little nervous going in to watch it because I thought, oh man, like I already love the play. Is this going to ruin it? And it totally does not. So anyways, I love this movie. It, yeah, it was one of those, I had not, I had never heard anything about it. I didn't, when I, before seeing it. And, and I'd, I'd watched this only a couple months before this, not even having to do with this, just having oh, to, to watch it finally. And I loved it. Yeah, I, I have it at number five for me. So I'm, I'm it's right up there for me. I, all four of those people were nominated. Uh, Richard Burton, Elizabeth Taylor, Sandy Dennis, and George Siegel. Mm. And uh, Elizabeth Taylor and Sandy Dennis both won. I, I could see them all winning. And I mean, Richard Burton was terrific. And so was, everybody's great. And it's just, it's, just all four of them together um it i love that who's afraid of virginia wolf who's afraid of the big bad wolf is just a cool it's like a great title it's like one of the best titles of all time totally it's yeah it's just four actors who've got an amazing script and just get to chew on it and especially um taylor and um oh i've forgotten his name already Burton. um but they just get to chew on it and i this is how i always imagined those two at their worst together that because they got mm -hmm. married twice and the divorce so i can 
even though it probably wasn't, I think they're probably their fights were much more mundane than mm. these two, but it is so you are in this hateful world and you feel sorry for the other couple because they don't know what they've walked into. Cause you get a sense just before they arrive of like, Ooh, this is going to get um, salty very, very quickly. <laughs> and it's, yeah, the performances are absolutely amazing. This is why those who are considered some of the best actors, because they just embody the role that they're in. I mean, Elizabeth Taylor, I don't know if she's compl- if she was method, but she just becomes whatever person she was. And yeah. she is the one of the most gorgeous people. Um, a lot, she was one of the most gorgeous people alive, and yet she turns herself ugly just mm. purely by her facial expressions and how she's holding herself and how she's acting, because these two people are deeply in love with one another but cannot stand one another and it's kind of relatable when you're always at that dinner with that one couple that you know are about to break up yeah. and that you can fight you can kind of tell that they're getting you kind of testy at oh, each my... other exactly. they're, not, they're not hiding it yeah they're not hiding it as well as they 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 think they are and you'll and it's kind of like that but just taken to 11 and the script is so <laughs> good. i mean that that script that play is just so good it's just so juicy of just the banter and the back and forth and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I was, I was exactly going to say that about the couple. It's like you ever go to that? You're at a party and you're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be here. Are we? <laughs> should we have not come? Because this is not. Oh, they yeah. Because you, yeah, they're just they're all they're going off on this thing. And like it, at first they start subtly, and then all of a sudden it goes. It starts getting worse and worse. And like oh, I think we're just gonna. I think we're gonna go. I think we should yeah. probably leave. Yeah. <laughs> just, and and i the whole thing about the baby like because you, you're not sure i'm like did the baby die or did what what's going on what and, it, and it's just they they just never could get pregnant right right mm. right and but they they this is another one that can totally play like a horror movie mm-hmm. uh, absolutely i remember i was on an episode of uh cobwebs with daniel and matt blood so uh talking about a warner archive sale and this is one that I brought up and I said, this can totally double as a horror movie because uh, of the way Nichols directs it. Like mm-hmm. it, he directs it like a horror movie. And that's what it is. Like you could read the script without any uh, stage directions or anything. And uh, already you could see that it's like, it's a tense drama, mm-hmm. uh, but the way Nichols directs it, he makes it a horror movie really. Yeah. Yeah, you, there's constantly, from my memory, there's constantly like close-ups of everyone's face, especially Taylor's and Burton's when they're getting drunker and drunker and drunker. And there's a freneticism, yep. like when they go to the bar and, and and how they get home, there's just this constant, you're constantly on the go with them. You can't keep up. And yeah, so no, you're right. it is absolutely, you could actually have this as a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. if, if you just change the ending a little bit and end up, they just kill everybody. I mean, somebody either she does or you know what I mean. They could easily end up like I. I was. I didn't know where yeah. I was going to go. Especially that title. Who's a, who? I mean, I'm thinking, is it a where? Is there a werewolf in here somewhere? I don't even know what's going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, this is one that like if it's your yeah, I could see this have been number one close to it. I mean, it's it's when you're dealing with these movies, they're all just so great. It's hard to say yeah. which was number one, but this could have been mm. easily. So that was our number three. Number three. Yes. So Lindsay. Right, you get number two. What do you got, Lindsay? Okay. Um. Hmm. All right. I'm gonna actually go with my number one as my number two because I Ooh. think I'm happy because I'm the, my three can be interchangeable, quite frankly. Um. But I do want to really sort of shine a light on this particular movie because I it blew me away. It's not exactly. I think a lot of thing with a, a top five is or most of this movie is that these are really deep kind of all these movies with a lot of things going on underneath. This movie is not that. This movie is pure, pure surface, but it is amazing. Um, I'm going to go with Tokyo Drifter. 
from Senso. Oh, um, I can't remember his name, but he. This movie is incredible. This is a movie that you can see has influenced pretty much the '90s. Uh, Jim Jarmusch, Tarantino, definitely Rodriguez. Um, I think. Desperado and the Mariachi might be almost remakes of Tokyo Drifter. You have mm-hmm. this guy who's an ex-gangster. Uh, He's trying to get out. He's also a singer. And he wears the most amazing blue powdered suit. And it is literally him just running away from the mafia who want to kill him. And also they are going around killing everyone he's associated with. But the way um, this director uses color, this way he uses um, music, um, like this repeated song over and over again is absolutely incredible. I mean, you can see um, Tarantino in Rodriguez standing up in the theater and going, mm. yes, this is what I'm going to do. Um, Sinjun Suzuku. And I love how he was just an abstract his movies as he went on kept making more abstract and more strange and this is this movie there's a very um swinging 60s feel to the whole thing but in a way that is being put through the japanese um i guess uh, sensibility like they Mm -hmm. will take another they'll look at someone else's culture and go oh yes but if we do this it makes it more japanese and kind of more cool um no i i fell in love hands down i mean it's the the form is the um is the substance in this movie and i just fell over heels in love with it it's just an amazing pop song of a movie it's Hmm. one of my favorite discoveries of the year damn it (laughs) uh you didn't see this one no i saw a bunch of other crap the (laughs) i didn't i didn't watch this one either honestly yeah That's this one sounds great, and I it's it's, yeah. it's like, those are literally the next ones that would have been on my list if I would have just kept going. But yeah. I just yeah. I think I just burned myself out on it. But ah damn. But yeah, that's yeah. shoot. Yes, because yeah. there's a few that I was thought would turn up and they haven't yet because then I haven't watched them. So I'm kind of whew, um because I got burnt out a little bit as well. But um no, this is just yeah, it's just a whole lot of fun. I, this is a kind of a director who was annoying the studio so much because he kept getting more abstract that they keep taking money away from him. So he, he would have to make a normal movie and mm. he'd just get weirder. Like his movies are very abstract. They're kind of almost Dario Argento in a way, but without the horror. But um, yeah, no, it, absolutely check out Tokyo Drifter. It just blew me away. Well, one, I love the title, Tokyo Drifter. Yeah. Two, yeah. I love the Criterion uh, box art for it. Yes, um, it's gorgeous. Which, yeah. like, I don't know why I haven't watched this yet. It seems like a movie I would have watched mm. before we, you know, did this show. Yeah, so, it's on Criterion, yeah, too, it, it, the, the channel. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's on the channel, yep. Uh, no, I recommend, yeah. yeah, I recommend absolutely watching it. It is a special, special movie. All right. Okay, what, uh, boy... <laughs> I'm glad I choose it at number two because number <laughs> what is what what's oh, happening here? Number one, I think we're all gonna have a different number one, aren't we? Well, my I already played my number one, so I I'm gonna play my number two for my number one. Yeah. So I, is this your number one, Anthony? That you're playing at number one? My number one has been. Played. <laughs> wow, we're not playing at number one. I'm gonna say, play my number two. Okay. Yeah. He, he so, played his number one, which I'm guessing was Virginia Woolf. Who, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm no. guessing. No, it no. wasn't. Okay. No. no. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not going right, to so... tell you what my number one is until <laughs> until uh, we read our lists. Yeah. Okay. All right. So who's going to go first for their pick? Uh, why don't you go, Brent? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick one that I, until I saw Man for All Seasons, I was for sure this was going to be my number one. It's a uh, a wonderful film about three different guys. Uh, one's good, one's bad, and one's ugly. Uh, okay. So the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. 
<laughs> I the, I saw this movie for um. Uh, should we go into it now, or do you guys want to pick? Well, well, hold on. What What did Lindsay? What about Lindsay? Uh, yeah. No, that did not even. I have weird feelings on that movie. Um, oh, yeah. I love everything. I how do I explain this? I love every single Leone movie that they cut into my soul. But for some reason, the good, the bad, the ugly just has never done it for me. I don't know why. You give me a fistful of dollars. You give me um, the sequel. Once Upon a Time in the West is one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, same with Once Upon a Time in America. But for some reason, that movie just does not hit, even though it has the most amazing performance from Eli Wallach, even though the score is the more, the most original kind of things ever. I don't know why. It's just one of those weird things. I tried again and got half an hour and I went, oh, oh, I don't watch this. Yeah. So what would you play at number one here then? I was going to go, well, my number one is absolutely the most pretentious one, but I'm going to go with Andrei Rublev from, yeah, from Andrei Tchaikovsky. Yeah, that was my number three. Mm. That was my, it's my original number two, but that movie, I didn't know how to take it. I didn't know what to do with it. It just stuck in my head. It's like, the most amazing movie um, on how to have a conversation with God when life is happening. It's in, that's just one interpretation of it. I don't know. I think that movie just blew me away. It kind of just, and it's a three hour slowly paced movie. And yes. it's just one of those ones where once you get into the groove of it, it's like a river. You just get, get caught in the current and it will just kind of take you away. So that would that was, um, that's my number two. Tokyo Drifter was number one. Um, but no, please talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, because I am a weirdo with that, with that movie and it deserves to be celebrated. Well, okay. I, I ranked all the movies I saw. So Mm -hmm. I had 46, I had Andre Rublev at 34. So (laughs) I, I couldn't get into that movie. I I tried as like, I can completely understand. Yeah. I I can understand. Yeah. It's super, super slow. It is. It is. It's the first Tarkovsky that I've been Mm -hmm. able to get through, honestly. Um, but I think from a technical standpoint, from a, a like yeah. filmmaking as a craft, mm. it's really fucking good. I mean, yeah. what he's doing with it. I mean, yeah, it's kind of my man for all seasons, and I don't know why exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's just because um, I really love Solaris as well, and I love the fact that he made it because he hated two thousand one. Um, uh-huh. and it's I always felt the same. Like I'm like, okay, I'm bored. And then it will hypnotize me. And then I am just taken on this current of where, where he's going to take me. And it's yeah. usually just, I mean, if, if you think Bergman's slow, I mean, Tchaikovsky is oh. paint drying. I mean, oh, so yeah. this is not a filmmaker I would recommend for everyone. No. But I think, yeah, yeah Andre Rublev is, I, it was almost like being hypnotized. You're just watching this thing. And all of a sudden it just slowly takes over your brain and absorbs it and um, before you know it you're just like going that's right so what what is life what what is <laughs> usually the answer is water with his movies while well, the two obscene yeah i don't know it was just one of those magical experiences where i just just the pageantry of it all i just got swept up in it um and it's yeah one of those things sometimes you're just going to watch a movie and it just doesn't click and especially a year like 1966 um where there's so many varieties of movies that are just swinging for the fences um yeah so that's that's me <laughs> with my number one <laughs> yeah i uh the first one of his i saw was stalker and i and i was like what what is this i there's, there's, they kept talking to each other about oh and then they, i'm like i can't wait to see the stuff that they're getting into and no, they, they just kept no, no, going. No. They don't get in any stuff. They we're gonna get inside this bomb or whatever they're trying to find. I'm like, what is happening in this fucking movie? God damn it! 
and it's it's all uh, Elric's fault. That's the reason I watched because uh, he loves you know, Stalker and and Tarkovsky, mm-hmm. and I just I just don't I just couldn't. I'm like, what? This is not for me right now. I just can't get. And this Rublev was like, I kept going. And I watched the whole thing, but I kind of drifted. I'm like, kind of drifting off. While I'm like. I, it's one of those ones I, I think I could later I did like the beginning part of it I, I was kind of into it like you know the but then they just kept on you know I felt like they're just a lot of people thinking to talking to you know oh if I did that no, that's, like, okay. that's a that's a good way to describe uh, Tchaikovsky it just keeps going on <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> it just keeps happening and I think that's the best way to describe it but if you click yeah. into what he's doing you're clicked yeah. in um totally. and I guess I'm just a Tchaikovsky girl. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> so I can't pronounce his name, but I'm into yeah, it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, so yeah, it is great, but yeah, good, bad, the ugly. I, I, this is, I had seen this for, uh, at this movie or June's exploitation about three years ago, two or three years ago. And at that time I, I, I was like, uh, what's the dude for, uh, Chris, that hates Westerns. Uh, yes. Yes. I was like, Westerns are not for me. These are dumb. I don't get it. I'm like, okay, for for June's Plantation, they make you watch this. So I'm gonna. No, they don't make you, but you, <laughs> you it forces you to kind of watch stuff that you don't think. Okay, I'm gonna throw on this western. I know this one's what people like, so I'm gonna watch it. And I loved the shit out of it. I just thought it was so cool. The music, because I had never seen any of his movies either. I had never seen, um, you know, The Fistful of Dollars or any of the other movies. And I just loved the music, the everything going on. It just, you know, Eli Wallach's performance, uh, just these, just that, the, the end, the, you know, the three, the eye, getting closer, the eyes. To, I mean, I just like, I, I was never bored three hours. I could, you could, I could just play it. It's one of those movies I could just throw on right now and just, and just have, just sit and watch it and just even just have it on the background. It just, it's yeah. just, I love it so much. Yeah. My mom bought me, uh, this old school, uh, like Clint Eastwood, dvd box set that has yeah. uh fistful of dollars for a few dollars more good bad and the ugly and hang them high and uh so that was the first time like because i had told her about june exploitation and spaghetti westerns and like mm-hmm. i watched my first one whenever that was for you four or five years ago and i was like oh that was really cool and so like the next day she shows up with this thing and she's like you might like these you know mm-hmm. westerns and so i watched them i was like oh yeah this is my shit this is yeah. cool uh and yeah man it's just i I don't know it's hot and sweaty like it just you know smells like horse shit all the time when you're watching this movie like you can (laughs) yeah you can smell it you can feel it you can feel the dust and the like the grit on your teeth and your skin and i don't know like and that's not true for all spaghetti westerns uh but the leone westerns i mean my god he's a freaking master yeah. uh so so good and yeah i mean i love all three i love clint i love eli wallach i love uh lee van cleef god they're yeah. just so entertaining yeah. i did try to watch this one a few days ago and i think i was a bit burnt out um, when i tried to watch it again because it was kind of the first thing only that i watched and for some reason it just wasn't clicking it was too long i didn't kind of get the music it, at the time i was probably god this is over 10 years ago and then I do remember being sick one day and just finally watching um, A Fistful of Dollars and going, oh, this is absolutely fantastic. Um, and then proceeded to watch all of his other movies, not going back to Good, the Bad and the Ugly. And then when I tried to watch it, I just wasn't in the mood. Mm-hmm. So even if I watch it again now, I may watch and go, oh, I'm an idiot. This movie's a masterpiece. Um, or I just prefer Once Upon a Time in the West, which, God damn it, that first opening scene. I mean, Leone, come on. Um, yeah. 
I, I prefer Once Upon a Time in the West too. Yeah, highly ugly. Um, but something there's a bit I, something about the operaticness, which I usually love in a movie, didn't quite jive with, uh, didn't quite work with me. And I don't know why. Even though I can see it's an amazing movie, I mean, Murakami, um, his score is revolutionary when you it's it just instant because sometimes i've got a playlist at work that i'll play and it's just a whole bunch of scores and when that one comes on yeah people look up go like meerkat's going what is this what's, i know that <laughs> <laughs> i know that one um because yeah. it's that wah, wah, wah. and um yes wah, 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 <laughs> and the Eli Wallach is so much fun and I you and Eli Cleef it's just I don't know why this movie doesn't kind of click with me but at the same time Leone is a master and he yeah. is one of the great directors you can't sort of say yeah uh, and I, I once upon a time in the west I finally I just watched it finally about two months ago um and I love that one I mean it's they're they're it's at 1a 1b I, I still like good and bad and the ugly a little bit better but I think it's because I saw it first mm. um and it's it's one of the only ones I watched again for this. So I, cause I had watched these other ones I hadn't seen before and I watched this and the other one was Rasputin, the mad monk. So those are the two that I watched <laughs> twice. <laughs> oh my God. That, Andy Milligan that, movie. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, oh, it's, uh, Chris, no, it's Christopher Lee is, uh, is, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Rasputin. And I still, I like that movie. It's, it's my number 20, but, uh, what didn't quite, wasn't quite as good, but the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. But I, and I watched a fistful dollars. I, I don't really, I, I couldn't quite get into that one. So I don't know what it is about this movie, but I think, again, I saw it at the right time, June's Exploitation. It just was perfect for me. And, um, and just it, it being my first uh, Leone movie, it's, it's, it's still like my favorite. So, yeah. Nice. So that means that's, that's number one since we both picked that. It has kind of yes. has to be. Them, the good, the bad, and the rules, ugly. Right? Yes, those are the rules. Them's the rules that I made up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number 10 was Persona. Uh, number nine is Closely Watched Trains. Number eight is The Trouble with Angels. Number seven is The Sword of Doom. Number six is Seconds. Number five is Le Deuxième Souffle. Uh, number four is A Man for All Seasons. Number three is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Number two is Tokyo Drifter. And number, number one is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Wah, wah, wah. Sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Um, all right, so who's going to read their uh, top 10 first? Uh, Lindsay, why don't you go? Oh, yeah. okay. I um, mean, I might do my 15 just to do like a, because I have this on Letterbox. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So my number 15, I uh, don't know who the director was of this, but Circus of Fear, also another Christopher Lee movie. Um, circus, uh, Murder Mystery in a Circus is just friggin' hoot. Then my number 14 is Ride the Whirlwind with Monty Jack Nicholson. Monty. Just, yes, Monty, uh, uh, RIP. Um, such yeah. a really just solid Jack Nicholson movie. Then uh, Le Demer Souffle at number 13. Uh, Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Uh, number 11, I actually have Who's Afraid of General Wolf. I don't know why it was so Ooh. low, but that's where I put it. Um, then my number 10, Sword of Doom. Number nine, Daisies. My The Czechoslovakia movie I did get a chance sure. to watch. Uh, my number eight was Plague of Zombies. Uh, one of my favorite Hammer movies. Just mm, Chef Kiss, I love it so much. Uh, then, of course, seven, Trouble with Angels. Six, Django. Um, yes. Five, Persona. Four, Seconds. Three, The Battle of Algiers, which another movie just completely blew me away. Uh, Andrew Rublev and uh, Tokyo Drifter, number one. Nice. Very nice. Nice. So do you, do you want me to go or you want to go, Anthony? Uh, you, you go for it. Okay. So for at number 15 is I had The Professionals. 
Did you guys have you guys seen that one? Yes. That's a that's a great little western. That's a, a that's one of my favorite westerns of this year. Um, and then I had number fourteen was Penelope, which is very cute. Did you guys see that one? I have seen that one. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I had. Door. No. It's uh, and I, I kind of tweeted about it because I thought uh, who's the who's the lead girl? Uh, for, uh, she, she she got she was missing. She went missing. Uh, God damn it. Natalie Wood. No. Natalie Wood. I thought she was yes. so adorable, and she's she steals. <laughs> She steals mm-hmm. money from her husband's uh, bank, which is I thought it was really fun. Um, Let's go, Peter had, it. Yeah, he's Sorry. the yeah he's oh no it's great he's the uh, detective that and he kind of falls in love with her as the movie goes. Well, everyone does because she's Natalie Wood. Uh, Thirteen was Harper, which I thought was great. Nice Harper. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Paul Newman, right? Twelve was was I had a lot of fun. Was the Russians are coming? The Russians are coming. Oh, I didn't get a chance to see this. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a fun little war movie. It's not even a war movie. It's about this town and they uh, the Russians come in, but it's 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 lighthearted, but it's it's pretty great. Um, and then I had uh, I had eleven. I had even though I didn't finish it, I wanted to have it up there because I just think the first part was really great. Is the war is War and Peace? I had eleven. They're feeding alcohol to a bear and they almost jump out of a window in the first. It's a real it, freaking bear, right? It's a real bear in the party. Yeah, There's a real bear there. Oh, yeah. It's, I think I, I, I want to finish that at some point because I, I think it's it's actually it's really good. So in ten, I almost played this, but I because I thought it was I don't know how great of a movie it is, but it's just it's insane is the Black Klansman. Um that movie I could not believe. Did you see it? Did you end up seeing it, Lindsay? No, I still couldn't get a hold of it. It um uh, I need to yep. actually track it down a copy because keep going, it's the fuck messed up thing you've ever seen. I'm like, what is this movie? <laughs> Because it's a, uh, it's it's like it's kind of like Black Klansman if you've seen the newer one with Spike Lee, so I mean a little bit. Um, it's definitely from this, but he yeah, it's a, a a white guy playing a a black guy that's and then he he infiltrates the Black Klansman. <laughs> but the end of the movie, I I oh, you got to see it. I, I don't want to give away, but it's just that what happens at the end is completely insane. And um, I remember <laughs> when I tweeted about it, uh, Anthony was like, he could, yeah, I mean, you thought it was. Same kind of thing. Uh, oh, oh yeah, I watched it for when I did uh, an episode with Kay Lynch uh, for cult movies. I did the the sixties Grindhouse. That was my theme, yeah. and so I watched it for for part of that. It didn't make my final cut, but yeah, it's a it's a movie. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's not. I don't know how great it is, but it's just what the what they did, and it, it's very low budget and just it's uh, well. I if you get, I had to watch it on YouTube. I it's the only place I could find yeah. it. But yep. um, yeah. anyway, so uh, my number nine was Persona. Um, my eight was Nevada Smith, uh, Steve McQueen, a revenge movie, which I thought was really great. Um, you guys have seen it? No. No. Oh yeah, he's his uh his. He's part Indian, of course. You know, Steve McQueen, part Indian. Uh, his his uh, his his uh, his dad and his half or his stepmother are killed or something like that. I can't remember which one. But then he has to go fight find these three guys that uh, that killed her and so, or killed them, and so he has to take each one out. It, it, he even gets arrested just and put in jail just to go to kill to kill one of them. So it's it's <laughs> it's great. Um, El Dorado was my number seven. Oh, that was a great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did see that one. Yeah. Didn't very good. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, six. Same as you, Lindsay. I had Django. Of yes. <laughs> Django. Uh, Django. Five was uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Mm. Uh, number four is Le Deuxième Souffle. 
And three was closely watched trains. I had it up that high. I loved it that nice. much. It my third nice. Two was the good, the bad, and the ugly. And one was the man for all seasons. Cool. Okay. My 15, uh, number 15, Melville's Lady uh, Deuxième Souffle. Mm-hmm. Nice. Number 14 was Sergio Salima's The Big Shootout, another Lee Van Cleef. Oh, Butter. yes. Yeah. Number 13 was Bruce Brown's surfing documentary, The Endless Summer. Oh, I didn't get a chance to get to this one, yeah, but yes. Another one I was going to see, yeah. It's, uh, again, I don't know if it's the 13th greatest movie of 1966, but it's fun as hell. And yeah. I mean, it's sure. so entertaining the way he shoots it. Uh, it. Yeah, you check it out. It's super, super fun. Uh, then number 12, I had Sword of Doom. Number 11, Monty's The Shooting. Mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson and, and uh, Warren Oates. Mm. Uh, number 10 was Hiroshi Teshigahara's The Face of Another. Oh, yes. That. this Yeah, this was just below my 15. I love that movie. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, kind of, you know, another kind of like seconds almost. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then number nine was Closely Watched Trains. Number eight, staying in the Czech... Republic with daisies. Mm. Um, I like daisies. Oh, no one eats an apple like those girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, that got higher and higher the more I thought about it. But I, that, that's a cute movie. That's they're adorable. It's, it's a cute movie, but 1966. Just uh, talk about transgressive. Think about mm. like the chances. Yeah, no, I was gonna say. Yeah, I mean, it's all the different the oh, shots yeah. that they did mm. and the using those just, different. Oh, very cool. It's a total art. Yeah, mm. total art piece. It's 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 beautiful. Uh, number seven is the Indian movie from uh, Satyajit Ray Hero. Oh no! And, yeah, I need to get. I need to see that. Really yeah, good. Uh, mm. It's about a a movie star who's taking a train trip, you know, to another town to do either a movie or like some mm. sort of signing, whatever. And uh, he kind of reflects on his past career. Mm. Uh, really, really great. Wow, really great. It might be the first indian movie i've ever seen that's the yeah, movie that yeah, i i did see that that's the movie that uh wild strawberries is is like a, oh okay right they're both the same kind of movie uh yeah they're very similar yeah yeah mm. okay cool um yeah so anyways i totally recommend hero very good uh then number six was frankenheimer seconds number five was uh the battle of algiers that mm. one like totally that was almost uh too intense it's, right. Oh my God! Just the the there's so many scenes of, yeah. You just get so concerned and worried, and it's even more terrifying that in 2002, 2003, um, this was shown at the Pentagon to um, remind people that just because you win the war doesn't mean you win the war of ideas. It's that's probably the one of the most scariest facts I read about it because I'm just because it is literally about um these people who were trying to take their city back from the french and they would be considered terrorists because they are well they're bombing like anything western anything french anything kind of like that and but you feel for these people so much it is a brutal piece of cinema and it feels almost like a documentary at times like it feels like you're watching news footage and um i mean he again there was no professional i don't think he used many professional actors these were people who actually lived through that time in algiers before the french uh gave up the city or gave them back to you know they left no but it is an astounding astounding movie uh yeah i was gonna say yeah that's one i another one i didn't get to see i I want to see it but yeah yeah check that one out brent it's really really good Mm. uh okay number four uh who's afraid of virginia wolf number three andre rublev Mm. number two 
the good, the bad, and the ugly twins mm-hmm. on that, Brent. Uh, mm-hmm. And my number one movie is Bergman's Persona. Mm-hmm. Ah, of course, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. If I thought on it longer, it could go up. I just, it's, yeah, that's a great movie, of course. No, I think it's one that I'm looking forward to going back and visiting because I know it's just going to hit me every single time I, I watch it because it is such a stark movie. You don't necessarily know what you're getting in for when you're first watching it. And then, yeah, so watching it, I'm looking forward to a, re- a rewatch. Totally. Wow. <laughs> it's it. a great we list, it. though. We did it. Unbelievable. Yes. We did all five categories. That's tremendous. I, this is so much fun, guys. I'm so happy that you guys could do this with me. Now, before we go, um, I'm not, I'm not going to put a timetable on it, but I would love to have you guys back again. We can do it far into the future whenever we decide mm-hmm. to do it again. I know we got June's exploitation and, you know, it's not going to happen for a little bit. But if we did do it, what, what year would we be looking at? What do you think? Well, I, I mean... I'm partial to the 70s, but yes. I'm open to anything. But I think 70s would be great. And so if we could, what year do you think would be the most fun to do? Um, or interesting? I think, <laughs> oh my gosh. I have a thought. Would, but um, maybe it's something like either 1972 or 1979. I'm purposely avoiding 76 because that movie year is insane and it might actually break my mind. <laughs> to try and pick the best movies that came out that year but yeah i that's what i'm leaning toward but i could be what, yeah, what, gonna... you, what, what year did you want to avoid Lindsay? 76 because it's such an amazing movie year that i think if i had to choose yeah. between taxi driver and all the president's men and everything else that came out I... yeah because i was thinking 74 is a very weird year it's got a lot of crazy movies in there it's got texas chainsaw it's got uh um a lot of different has got Godfather 2, right? That's 74. Um, oh, and the Night Porter. It's a yeah, live. Oh, so good one. Yeah, it's got so many yeah. cool movies. Um, it's got this uh what's the Werner Herzog movie is very weird. It's um where it's it's the guy where he's he's in a cave his whole life and he bring him out. Um, oh, I love that movie. Yes. I, love I, it. I know I what the movie you're talking about. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, uh the life of God, I can't remember the name of it. Caspin Caspa something. Casp yeah. Have you seen that one, Anthony? Yeah. Is that you said seventy four? Yeah. I'm down. There's a lot yeah. of movies I love from yeah. 1974. Oh yeah, yeah, there's like the Cockfighter and um. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I want to see that one. That's what I wanted to see. Mama. Like, yeah. Freebie the Bean. Yes, there's a there's Freebie a big the mixture. Yes, there's a big mixture of like exploitation, Grindhouse, and like uh, the Parallax. Oh, I knew I could get a chance to watch Parallax View. Hey, there's another movie yeah. about the clan. I actually think I've seen some of the clans. One that's insane. Yeah, no, there's a really good mixture of movies movies in that one. Are we okay to that, do that one? If we yeah, I'm down. 1974. Yep. Okay, yep. so like I said, we don't let's we can figure that out later. We don't, you know, I'm not. I'm we got time. I'm I, this podcast is just a, you know, we can do it whenever. I'm not a. I, I don't need this to be done every week. I don't, I'm not going to put myself through that <laughs> to try to do that. Every week. <laughs> you so, you uh, have, you have a lot of children and need sleep. You, you can't be doing that. <laughs> exactly. And with June exploitation coming, I mean, there's just, that, I, that's going to take up most of my time anyway, all of our time really. So, um, all right. Well, again, thanks. Uh, you should listen to both their podcasts. They're awesome. Um, anytime you can, Schlock and Awe and the Cult Movies podcast. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. I just want to be the-